I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Joe Erhardt, Chief Executive Officer and founder of Tesla. We're talking about commercial borrowing. Commercial borrowers are high-value customers, but often experience the worst and or slowest service. Why is that, Joe? Well, I think for commercial borrowing, the challenge is they're, they're more complicated deals. There's a lot more moving pieces. And banks have been very used to doing that personally and doing a great job at it. Community banks have, have done a great job of you know, being that personal banker. The challenge, though, is as we go more and more digital uh, continuously, um, there's been no digitization on that front. It's still personalization, which is great, but personalization sometimes only runs eight to five, creating what you may be used to in the consumer world where you can get something done at two in the morning, you get nothing done at commercial lending after hours. And you know you take a complex deal that's only running and being looked at during working hours and something that maybe could take a couple of days can stretch out for a couple of weeks. And then you add in waiting on third parties as there are, it's a complex deal. And it just, it takes, it kind of makes a commercial loan go from what you think would be, I won't say it's easy, but it makes it a, a worse process than you could get for opening up a new credit card. You could open up a $10,000, $15,000 credit card in 10 minutes. But if you try to get a, a commercial loan, you might be looking at two weeks. One of the things I'm going to take issue with what you said is you said it's a personal service that's been offered by the banks. Yes. But that also means it's an expensive service if you're actually employing people to process these things. It is. It's but community for community banks. It's always been about knowing your customer, and it should still always be. And that expense is what I think makes community banks great: is that they're willing to to put their folks, their lenders, there to work with the customer. The challenge is, community banks are having to pivot to a hybrid model of that, where their customer is able to self-service themselves but they still have that relationship because commercial lending is difficult, right? I mean, it's it's not a credit score-based lending. It's not, you can go in and be like, your DTI is great. You got a great credit score. Run. There's there's a lot of factors and a banker is a great, I mean, not just a, a good financial partner, but they can be a great consultant. I mean, it could be things from looking at, is the spot you're going going to make sense for your business, right? Are you a retail-based business? Is that going to have good traffic? And that personalized service is what makes community banking great. But they've got to mix that with digitization because it also makes it, it can make it very slow. And what you'll see, especially in smaller commercial lending, is you see a lot of uh, small businesses, especially those that are of, of a different mindset who say, hey, I don't have time to go to the bank. I don't want to call somebody. And so they'll go out to lenders that may charge a higher rate that automate the process for them to get maybe a line of credit or to get that first business loan. And, and that's where I think that's where the service has got to swap where community banks have to somehow allow services customers but still have that personalization and that consulting later. Do you think some of these banks might be concerned about commoditization and, and the prospect of losing their uniqueness? Oh absolutely absolutely I mean and that's where you've got a you've got a hybrid and some banks have already done that on the consumer side. They've automated it so much that if they don't have the best rate they're just a commodity. Somebody's going to go somewhere else. And I think that's the challenge for banks as they look at commercial lending is how do you augment, is the word I've kind of used there, what you do with a digital footprint so that your customers are able to service themselves 
uh, when they need to, kind of like we do with online banking and treasury management, cash management at night, but do that on a commercial lending front without losing you know, that relationship. That is very critical, right? I mean, if you're trying to borrow money, uh, let's say it's the largest loan you've ever gotten because you know this is your business, you would like to have a good partner who, to bounce things off of. And that's what a great community bank can be. But you also, you know, if you're thinking at one in the morning or 11 o'clock when you finally got free time, because you've been running your business all day and you're finally sitting down to do strategic planning, you don't want to be sitting there looking at a website that says, call me in the morning. You know, there's got to be a balance there. So that's the question then, isn't it? How do banks facilitate this digital personal experience, this hybrid experience at the right scale and at the right cost that makes sense to them as well as to their customers? No, it's it's a hard question to answer, and I think it's I think you see some banks out there, uh, you know, even be the largest of banks and the smallest that are doing it, doing some of that really well. And, and I think I personally believe PPP, um, though very different loan program, a lot of banks kind of mix that. Actually, had it working pretty well there, where they had a hey, you can self service yourself, you can apply right now, you can look at your status, you can upload documents, you can move the process along on your schedule. And then we'll, during our schedule, when we're going to, we'll call you up, talk over things, we'll schedule stuff. And so I think for bankers, the number one thing they can do, if they, you know, forget technology, a Tesla or whoever, but the number one thing they could do is make sure that the repetitive processes, it could be gathering financial statements, rent rolls, it could be gathering uh, research, those things, if they can figure out how to digitize them, so that their face-to-face with their customer is mainly spent as that good financial partner, so that we're not sitting there at lunch talking about, hey, I need these 10 things for me to move forward. We're sitting there at lunch talking about strategically, does this building make sense? And you know, really, are you going to be 50% owner-occupied, 50% lease? Do you think you can lease it? What does that look like? If a banker can do that, in my opinion, they're really going to improve the process. Now, they still have to internally compress that timeline down. And that's an internal efficiency. They've got to figure out how can I get that customer as fast as I can. If they if, if the customer's done everything they've needed to do, how can I get them through our credit memo, memo, our committee, and get them approved quickly? And that's a totally different conversation. One's digitizing the front end, the second making sure the back end's not slow. You just said it's digitizing the front end at one level, but it's also digitizing the back end too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Looking at that then. Where do banks go to get this right? Do they look at an entire digital experience that they buy off the shelf? Because the one thing that people tell me from the state is that in terms of modernization, particularly the smaller banks are lagging. No, it's it, it's true. And so I think there's a challenge here. I, and this is my personal belief. I'm sure a lot of people believe with it, some don't. You can go and buy something off the shelf that would give you that digitization. But then you risk being a commodity because if you buy the same thing that 10 other people bought, you're no different than the 10 other people. And so what you've got to look at is what is that secret sauce that makes your institution great? And then what can you get from vendors? A could be your core vendors, could be others that can help you facilitate that secret sauce digitally. And and that's something, you know, you can't, I I like, everybody. we always call it cookie cutters. You can't buy the cookie cutter because then you are just a cookie cutter. I think in, in, you know, in the U.S. banking sector, community banks, one of the things that has caused lag is for a long time, you know, bankers are always risk adverse, right? We don't want to take any risk. So a lot of banks have a core system and the core systems are great. They do a lot of awesome things between FIS, Fiserv, Jack Henry, CSI, 
others, but they don't have all the tools that are needed. And so what's happened for community banks is they've been, in my opinion, they've been like, I'll only get what whatever core I have. I want everything they have and only what they have. And so then the problem is you become a cookie cutter of that core. You have no diversity in your products. And then you're at the mercy of their timelines. And sometimes their timelines are great. Sometimes they're not. And so what you're seeing in the community banking space um, in the United States is you're seeing the banks finally starting to break apart and say, okay, why can't I have seven different vendors who do different things for me? You know, we always talk about vendor reduction. That sounds great. But does that give you that diversity you need to go and, and be who you want to be? Like, that's the biggest thing is if you just become a commodity, then we only need one bank. Whoever has the lowest price is the best bank. What you're talking about at one level is open banking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But it's open banking for the bank, not for the customer. Correct. Yeah. If well, that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. I've had a discussion the other day with some people on this. So there's, you know, we always say there's two different levels of open banking, right? Open banking where the banks can finally get whatever vendor they want, have APIs. And I think the United States banking sector is finally getting there. Open banking where I'm a consumer and I can go grab all my data from you and take it to bank B over here so that I can be, be with whoever I want. That is definitely not the case in the United States yet. And, we're, you know, we're not we're not. Uh, I don't think we're I think we're a little lagging as the open banking goes as where where we are. We're just getting to where our community banks, I think, are getting to open banking or what we call just basic APIs between their vendors. And uh, we just kind of entered that phase in the last, I'd say, 10 years. Joe Earhart, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Tesla, thank you very much.